today, 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 in space, in space, in space. Welcome, everyone, to the next episode, the second episode of the new independent Today in Space segment. So today is November 13th, 2014. And today's episode is going to primarily focus on the Rosetta mission, which a lot of people uh, were really, really excited uh, that happened yesterday. It was the touchdown of the Filet, P-H-I-L-A-E, lander that was jettisoned from Rosetta and landed on the comet 67P. Um, Now, you know, there's a few things to start for those, those who are unfamiliar. A comet is a ball of ice and dust, um, and this one in particular is you know, allegedly the size of Los Angeles, the city, from end to end, and it kind of looks like a rubber duck, especially from far away when we first uh, saw footage of it when Rosetta was making its approach earlier this year. Um, it's it's a really crazy mission. It's the first time that human beings have sent a robot. So I guess it would be the first time robots have landed on a comet, um, <laughs> if, if, if we're going to put it that way. You know, coming up next would be humans, but first we'll, we'll let the robots try it. Um, so, like I said, the first time robots have landed on a comet, and uh, it uh, it went well yesterday. I mean, uh, a, a lot of people um, who kept up with it saw the reaction from uh, the European European Space Agency. Uh, I mean, they looked ecstatic. Uh, I mean, the mission launched uh, on March 2nd, 2004, um, and it only just landed. It reached the comet August 6th of this year. So that's 10 years before it even reached the comet. And then it took from August 6th to yesterday, November 12th. 12th? Wow. Uh, I never realized I said 12 like that. Um, (laughs) uh, November 12th. Uh, it actually landed the lander uh, robot fillet on the surface of the comet, and um, from from the uh, what happened is it actually bounced twice. Uh, what happened was when it was landing the first time, they have these uh, these gears. Uh, let me look for the the correct uh, word here for it. Um, ba, 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 ba. I want to say it's like a turning gear. I know that's not 100%. Let's see. Oh, the flywheel. So flywheels are used to help move um, spacecraft without using any thrusters so that way you don't have to bring any fuel on. So the flywheels are really good for helping you change your momentum and your trajectory as you're moving down. Um, I never knew before I got into it that that was even um, a thing. Uh, you know, you see them in some of the toys that move around. Those, those usually have some kind of flywheel. So anyways, um, the flywheel, after it gotten turned off, it still has momentum. That's one of the things you have to pay attention to when you're in the vacuum of space, when there's nothing else, there's no gravity, is that everything still has some kind of momentum. So what had happened was it had shut off as it was going down the first time, hit the comet, and then bounced back up and turned a little bit because of the momentum, and then landed down a second time. So they actually did successfully land twice on a comet. So big day for the uh, the ESA. Um, so now one of the things that did happen afterwards, after the fact, is that there seems to be some kind of problem. Now, from what they said yesterday is that the, the anchors, um, what, what did they call them? Um, 
Let's see here. Bum, 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 bum. Let's see. Yes, the anchoring harpoons. So now what they said was that they stated that the anchoring harpoons apparently did not fire. What does that mean? Um, by them not firing, it's it could mean a lot of things. It, it, what it means definitely is that the information they're getting back from the craft is saying they didn't fire. Could it be wrong? Maybe. Maybe it's a glitch and um, it's only reading back that they didn't fire. Who knows? There's way too many. I mean, it could be that the ground is too soft and um, something. But the one thing they can definitely say is that it's no longer anchored to the comet. Never was, apparently. Um, so they have to assume they're not anchored um, because this is uh, this mission is... 510 million kilometers from earth that's a long way and there's definitely some type of delay i was trying to find that answer uh, maybe i'll look for it later um but uh, there's definitely a uh, a difference between you know, you've got to wait some time for it to get back to us so so from what they know they are just now sitting on a comet that's moving around um and they're not they are not locked down so so what is that? that? That's that's bad for for the scientists involved. Um, they're they're worried because uh, they they don't have any information, uh, any any plan right now. They got to figure something out. Um, plus, they can't even be sure that they're not anchored. So um, everyone's probably running around trying to figure out a way to figure out <laughs> figure out a way to figure. Um, they're trying to find a way to either secure themselves. Or what happened? What did happen? You know, where where are we right now in this mission? Um, but it's it's either way, it's still a, a momentous occasion. Um, just to kind of pull some quotes uh, directly, this one I got right off of uh, ESA's website, www.esa.int. Um, it's one of the greatest uncertainties associated. Uh, oh, sorry. One of the greatest uncertainties associated with the delivery of the lander was the position of Rosetta at the time of deployment. So, so they're saying the biggest uncertainty of the mission is when Rosetta released the lander to start its descent towards the comet. Uh, back to the quote, which was influenced by the activity of the comet at that specific moment, and which in turn could also have affected the lander's descent trajectory. So, all right, so let's... Let's figure out what he just said there. So um, the most uncertain thing is when the lander, uh, the delivery of the lander, uh, sorry, oh my God, reading this is making my head spin. Um, so the biggest uncertainty was releasing Philae from the Rosetta Comet. Uh, and that's influenced by the activity of the comet at that moment when they release it. So whatever the comet is doing, spinning i'm sure they don't have a whole lot of information on what the actual spin is of this comet i'm sure they've got a rough idea but there's probably i, I can tell you just from from thinking about it i've had to solve some type of problems like this in school and even a simple one i mean you'd think the professor just was a was a nutcase because you're like this is this is impossible to solve without days at a time so it's it's that part's probably very complicated and then that would have affected the lander's descent trajectory so i i'm really not 100 percent sure what the factors are but i'm sure there's a lot and 
all they know is what Rosetta and Filet is telling them and what they see, which they can't really rely on. So all they have to go on is the data that they're getting from these crafts, spacecraft. So, I mean, given all that, the fact that they landed is, is huge enough. Um, now, now really what, what happens with, um, a lot of missions that end up in the news is now they have to take the next step and be even smarter, um, and wiser, uh, and, and really figure out what we can and can't do. Um, so I'm sure that's what the, the people in the mission are doing right now. Um, so the touchdown, uh, when it was about to land, it was planned to take a, take place at a speed of around one meter per second, um, which, and, uh, I'll give you guys, uh, let's do miles per hour. How about that? Let's see. So that's, no, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Convert. That's the one. Boom. Okay. So that's like 2.2 miles per hour. Anyone else want a different one? How about feet per second? Huh? How about that? Huh? Yeah. Uh, so three, three and a quarter feet per second. That's what they were going to land on it. Um, with the three legged landing gear absorbing the impact to prevent, uh, the rebound. And, uh, there was an ice screw in each foot, uh, that was supposed to drive into the surface. Um, now I'm not sure if those are the same as the anchors, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, um, the biggest problem with the mission right now is that they, they were probably assuming in the mission that they would be anchored to the planet and now they're, they're not. Um, but let's, let's go back to really what's important, which is the fact that they successfully did this mission. It's really fun to rip it apart, but, um, some quotes, uh, from it. Uh, we are extremely relieved to be safely on the surface of the comet, especially given the extra challenges that we faced with the health of the lander. Uh, that was said by uh, Stephen Wulmeck, uh, the fillet landing manager at the DLR German Aerospace Center. Uh, the landing site uh, is named Agilkia. You know, I, I saw someone online saying how you should pronounce it, and the probably professional thing to do would have been to actually follow that, but I didn't, so bear with me. Um, I'll spell it for you guys, A-G-I-L-K-I-A. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, it reminds me of uh, a Greek word, aglika, but it's not, it's not the same. So, um, so the comet itself... Um, in uh, on, on ESA's website, they call it a bizarre double-lobed object. Um, but for a lot of people, it just kind of looked like a rubber duck, especially when it was far away. Um, I think it still looks like that. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy to see um, that the other space agencies are, are really, you know, getting into some, some, stuff that really nobody else has got got into yet uh something nobody no one has ever done before landing on a comet um it's really cool so we've got so we, you know the canadian space agency agency um it does a lot of science projects you've got nasa you've got the esa european space agency um then you've got organizations like spacex 
Virgin Galactic, which is in a different league. But um, then you've got um, Orbital Communications, Orbcom, um, or just Orbital. I'm not sure which one they are. Um, but all they're all this is a, this is a space race that's going on. I mean, this one was ten years in the making, um, but it's it's very cool, especially from. I mean, this is this is the industry that I, I love to work in. So um, to see all this stuff happen for me, this is this is the as good as it gets um, to be able to on this little tiny phone that's essentially a computer. I can just live feed a launch at any time on the planet um or in the universe and watch it right there right in in a in a a nice leather couch with a uh, a glass of wine to my left and uh something to snack on on my right it's a beautiful thing no I, that's really not how i watch launches that'd be nice though that'd be nice i really don't have a set like like these are the things i'm going to do when i watch a launch usually it's like i'm on the road and it's like, oh crap! I totally forgot. <laughs> so then I'm I'm trying to find some place to pull over, plug it in, and then you know at least just listen to the uh, the feed. Um, I know actually, uh, last a few weeks ago when the uh, when the Antares rocket blew up for the uh, the Orbcom three mission, uh, six seconds after uh, launch, I was out. Um, I was out at the uh, the elementary school that's near me that I went to um and uh it was uh you know because it, it has a nice open area otherwise I'd have to drive like 25 minutes somewhere else to go find a good place so um so I'm sitting there and I've got my iPhone I had to bring a charger because the day before when they scrubbed it I ran out of battery got pissed ran home and realized I didn't miss it so <laughs> um so today at that time I was like I gotta be prepared um, so I'm sitting there, I was taking a video, I was all excited, and it's a little cloudy, and I'm just getting bummed out, and I'm like, mm. I'm like damn, because I had shut off the feed, because um, I wanted to make sure to videotape it, so I shut off the feed like two seconds in, as soon as I saw the rockets ignite, so I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, and I had to wait 240 seconds before I'd see what was happening, because the light, uh, it had to travel. There was a visibility map, and it said, you know, if you're in this area, which happened to be Massachusetts, it was like 240 seconds. So, you know, I'm sitting there, and like 240 seconds go by, and I'm like, damn, this is, I'm not going to see anything. This is going to be awful. So I'm, I'm like, all, you know, kind of sad, you know, going home. Um, and then I, I go on Twitter, and the thing's blowing up, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm sorry, bad, bad pun. Um, you know, it, it's just like, oh, God, you know, so then that's when I jumped online. Uh, people on Facebook, you guys saw the coverage. Thank you for everyone who um, sent me some thanks for, for putting it up there. I, I'm I'm just happy that you guys uh, um, got something good out of it. That's That makes me keep wanting to do what I'm doing here. So um, after that, you know, um, as unfortunate as it is that bad incidents like that, take it to go into the media um it, it's it has to be covered um and it's it's one of the things that that happens in, in in space travel it's not easy just as we saw with this i mean they are sorry excuse me i've got like this gas bubble coming up don't want to go into the mic okay all right i'm good um 
so it's not easy. I mean, with this, I mean, they, they're communicating with a satellite that's communicating to another satellite, to another craft, to say, you know, are you, are you angered? Or did you land? You know? Um, so it, it, this shit is not easy, man. Um, it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of people involved. Um, so it's, it's great to see that within a month, we've kind of gone from, wow, that was a disaster. People talking about, you know, why, why is friggin' this shit cost so much money? And it's like, well, it does. And it's actually going towards something that's doing something, you know? Um, sorry. <laughs> I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about that. Um, and it, it it just shows you that there's so many levels to this and I love seeing every part of it. I mean, I think sending robots, I think that's really, it makes the most sense, um, to be able to do what we want to do without having to first involve anyone, any lives is, is fantastic. Um, you know, it, it, we can do a lot of things without sending people if we use robots, you know, we just build them for the, purpose that they're made for and and they'll do great i mean for instance the curiosity rover is still kicking butt um has a few other rovers that are still there um as well that are way past their mission so you never really know um how it's going to work uh you hope for the best um but there's also a lot of things put in place to help prevent those type of things so um now talking about security and, and, and insurance, um, <laughs> we've got, so there was a, there was a Rosetta project scientist, which, uh, well, before, before I start with there, I don't know if, if saying a Rosetta project scientist is really, it's kind of, I'm not gonna say it's ignorant, but it's really general term. I mean, that's like saying, I'm not even sure what that's like saying. That's, it's just a very general, he's not a scientist per se. Uh, he definitely has some kind of job title. Um, now, I don't, I'm not saying you have to t say his title, but, you know, he could be an engineer. You know, he could be, he could be a technician. What else could it be? Um, he could be a manager, <laughs> a project leader, but a project scientist, that's very general. Um, but anyways, uh, he was, um, he got a little bit of press because uh, besides his shirt, which was uh, colorful, um, and apparently he likes blonde women, um, he had. He also got this picture taken of his tattoo, which is right above his right knee on his thigh, uh, and it's a it's a tattoo of really a lot of color. Like they must have taken a long time to do that one, and it's it's a tattoo of uh the comet rosetta on the bottom it says rosetta in the comet the filet craft landed and then the rosetta above it it, it actually looks kind of cool but it's a, it's a very strange spot for uh for a tattoo especially for i mean he's european i'm guessing so um you know we'll uh i guess we'll give he's he really really ecstatic about his job so i can't say anything bad about that um as one as one of the uh, uh articles i was reading uh it says uh matt taylor a rosetta product scientist who had selected an extremely colorful shirt for the event 
revealed an impressive and brave tattoo of the lander on the comet's surface. Um, and that, I would say, is it's, it's very brave. Uh, a lot of black, too. They must have spent a long time on that thing. Um, but enough looking at some dude's leg. Uh, onto his shirt. It's mostly purple. Um, and there's just like kind of like squares of just these blonde women in different outfits, I'm guessing. I can barely see the whole thing. Um, some some women were expressing their distent uh, to the shirt. Whatever. It was about the tattoo. It's not about the shirt. Um, and I'm not a woman, so I don't really, I guess I wouldn't know if I was discontent. But um, besides that, uh, what else is there? I think there might be a few things. Let's look. Let's look at my notes here. See if I can get back on board here. Um, well, I'm going to be putting up uh, all the links to everything that I uh, had for to bring up. Um, videos, pictures. Oh, oh there's this great... Uh, it's on universetoday.com. Uh, it's got all the chronological pictures of the lander from when it's... Um, from when Rosetta first took a picture of it to, you know, all the next ones as it gets down to the landing. And my favorite, my favorite one, without a doubt has to be, let me uh, pull it up here, um, the one where it's 4.8, and it, you can find it on this link, um, it's 4.8 uh, miles from touchdown, and it's just, it's it's very good quality, and you're just, you're, you're just looking at it, and you're like, this is dust and ice, and you're just like, wow, like, this is, this is insane, um, especially if, with it that close, um, there's so much going on, um, it just makes you think, like, where did that come from, how did that form, you know, how did, how did, you know, and then you're seeing all these little pieces that look like they've just fallen from time, and maybe from heat, from different, it could be a different sun, or the last time it came by the sun, I'm not sure what the orbit is, um, but I assume there's some type of fluctuations, um, and heat, um, and you're just looking at it and it looks like, it looks like a big pile of, like if you zoomed in really, really close to, um, like a, like a Nesquik, like chocolate powder, it looks like, like when those little balls kind of crumble down and they just stick together. I mean, it, it, it looks crazy. And then there's another one. There is another one. Let me pull it up here. Sorry for the clicking guys. I'm, I'll figure out a way to get rid of that. Um, here we go. Okay. And then the other one that's even crazier. Oh, never mind. It's not there. To the files on the computer. All right. Give me one second here, folks. I appreciate you guys sticking through. Um, I really appreciate everyone uh, paying attention. Um, I'll be releasing these. Um, unless there's another event that requires, you know, some kind of coverage, uh, during the week, uh, I'm going to be doing these and releasing them every Monday. Um, I'm not sure what time, but let's just say Monday for now. Um, that way, um, I, I want to get some more practice with this and I want this to become a more regular thing. Um, so you know what? I don't think I'm going to pull it up, but anyways, uh, exactly. So I'm, I'm going to try and make this a more regular thing, uh, for now, uh, it's going to keep being, um, 
the feed will be through the Mike and Alex podcast website, Mike and Alex podcast.squarespace.com. Um, I'm going to be posting them on Facebook, hopefully Twitter. Um, but they'll just be extra content for the show. Um, now, uh, so please keep listening, uh, and I'll be bringing more back to you. Uh, now back to that photo. Um, there's another one where it's on its way down and you see even more detail of the whole comet. It is, um, like, oh, and like, it gave me chills looking at it. Um, just the sheer size of it. And then you're seeing all this detail and it's just dust and ice. But I hope you enjoy. Uh, take a look at these pictures and get excited for the stuff that humankind is doing that's actually really good and just is awesome. So enjoy. I'm out. I'm Alex. Today in space. Next week. <laughs>